If you're a first or second time guest with us this morning or if you're watching on Facebook, we're really glad that you're here and watching. Like I said, I, I really hope that you are just wrecked by being in the presence of God, but I really do kind of hope that you like us too, you know, and you want to stay around and hang out. And if you do, tonight at 5 o'clock, you can join our family. No pressure. Just reminding you. How many of you are familiar with greyhound dog racing? You familiar with that? A little bit? What goes on? It's a popular betting sport in some parts of the country, and it attracts crowds who enjoy watching incredibly sleek and beautiful dogs run as fast as they can around a track. Unlike racehorses, though, greyhounds run without the assistance of a jockey, thank, thank God. Thank God. Sometimes I guess they put little monkeys on their back. I don't know what that is. but To keep the dogs running in the right direction, they are trained to chase a mechanical rabbit made up of his fur as it zips along the track in front of them. A man in the press box electronically controls the speed of the rabbit, keeping the rabbit just out in front of the dogs. And you know what? The dogs never catch up to it. Well, one day at a Florida track, true story, some years back, there was a big race that was about to begin. The dogs were crouched in their cages, ready to go, while the spectators finishing placing their bets. And at the proper moment, the gun went off, the man up in the press box pulled his lever, starting the rabbit down the first stretch, while the cage doors flew open, releasing the dogs to take after that little rabbit. As the rabbit made the first turn, however, there was an electrical short in the system that caused the rabbit to come to a complete stop. That's not all that happened. The rabbit completely exploded and went up into flames. Poof! All that was left of the little rabbit was some black stuff hanging from a burnt wire. Their rabbit gone, the confused and puzzled dogs didn't know how to act. According to news reports, several dogs simply stopped running and they laid down on the track, their tongues hanging out. I hope you're not just thinking of dogs this morning, right? Two dogs, still frenzied with the chase, ran into a wall and broke several ribs. Another dog began chasing his tail while the rest of them howled at the crowd in the stands. Not one dog finished the race. Now, isn't it true as humans, we get to choose our rabbit, so to speak. But just like greyhound dogs, we pursue our chosen rabbit. The question is, what are you pursuing? This is what I want to talk to you about today. What is your rabbit? Isn't that weird? That's what I probably should have named, titled it. I'm not real good at coming up with titles, but that would have been a really good title. What is your rabbit? But what is your goal? What is your purpose in life? What is your hope? Because for the most part, humans need, humans need some reason for living, for running the race. Also, I want to discuss what if your purpose and your hope is taken away? What if your rabbit comes to a complete stop it explodes and goes up into flames. And all that is left is the hurt, the pain, the loss, or anger and confusion, disappointment, unforgiveness, and even what I'm seeing rampant today, depression. 
Maybe you're here today, maybe you're listening on Facebook and you can relate to one of those dogs in our illustration. Something in your life, your money, your dream, your career, a girl, a boy, a friend, maybe your marriage, a church. Come on, Christians. No, nobody here is holding on to unforgiveness towards another church, but there are a lot of Christians sitting in churches this morning that are still holding on to unforgiveness over another church or a pastor. Maybe they let you down. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it was a ministry that you had. Something in your life was there one moment, and then poof, it was gone. And now some of you are confused. You're puzzled. You don't know what you believe anymore. Maybe you've just stopped pursuing anything in life. You sort of quit. Maybe you panicked and you started running after other things. And those things are just piling on more pain in your life. Maybe you feel like you're just running in circles like some of those dogs were. You don't know what you want out of life anymore. Or maybe, and I just thought this was kind of funny, maybe you're just howling at the crowd. Maybe you're so filled with anger that you're just pushing people and God away. And you want your joy back, but you don't know how to get it back. If you can relate to any one of those dogs, God wants you to know that you came to the right place today. He wants to help you to get refocused on pursuing the right rabbit this morning. A rabbit that will never have an electrical short. A rabbit that will never run out of power and completely stop. It will never explode and it will definitely, if you get the pun, will never burn up in flames. And no, I'm not talking about the Energizer Bunny. I'm not. Well, actually, if you do pursue these things, no matter what life throws at you, then I guess you will be energized if you pursue the things we're going to talk about. You'll be energized by Jesus, right? And you will keep on going and going and going. Huh. And you will finish the race. It's called perseverance, isn't it? We'll get to that in a minute. So the Apostle Paul addresses this in the book of Philippians. Now, this isn't even our key text today. But I just couldn't resist going here and just listening to, the, to, to Paul's heart about what his goal in life is. This is his drive. This is his purpose in life. This is what kept him motivated to run the race. This was his rabbit. And you need to know something that when Paul wrote this, he was sitting in prison. I want you to remember that as we go through this. Remember where he is. He was arrested for sharing the gospel. Paul's community and our society... You know what they call sharing the gospel? Stirring up trouble. You know what Jesus calls it? Stirring up life. <laughs> I love it. So you may get accused of stirring up trouble, but what you're really doing is stirring up life. So just listen to these amazing, powerful words before we get to verse 21, which I want to point out. We're going to start with verse 12. You can follow along in your Bible or, or follow along up on the screen. I don't want you to get lazy with the screen, remember. I want your Bibles open. I want you circling and underlining and making notes of anything that God speaks to you because he may speak 12 other things that I don't even touch. And actually, this message came from a Wednesday night where Katie and Angel were talking, and I, God spoke something to me, and I wrote this almost this entire sermon out on my phone. Verse 12. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, where is he at? Okay, so everyone say, what has happened to me? Because I'm pretty sure you have had something that has happened to you at some point in this life. Something, if you're living and breathing, right? 
what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Can you imagine getting to such a place of spiritual maturity that even if your bunny blows up, he lost everything? Well, in the world's eyes, right? If your bunny blows up, that you see this as an opportunity to brag about God. Wow. Paul is blowing my mind here, and we've only read one verse so far. And it's, it's not even our text for today. Just an introduction. The word of God is so cool. What has happened to me? Three couples in our church that said, I believe God's calling us to do, boys. So they obey God, and they do the hard part, and they show up just to find out they have no place to live. What has happened to me? I love the fact that we have three homeless couples in our church. That is so awesome. Isn't that awesome? They're not laughing, but I am. I'm laughing in my spirit. Do you know why? Because it's an opportunity for a testimony later on. Right, Lynette? As she goes, amen. Now, what is the result and the fruit of not dropping our oars when we're on the raging river of life? Verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I, I want you to think about how crazy this statement is. I am in chains for Christ. Talking about a radical perspective on literally being in prison. Verse 14, and because of the fact that I'm homeless, because of my chains, because I don't have any money right now, because my children won't speak to me, because I lost my job. Everybody say, because of my chains. Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have come to the Lord. <laughs> wow. Most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So here's what I see there. We got to get to a place where we learn to embrace our seasons of struggle. So that through our response to that struggle of confidence, our confidence in the Lord and with the strength of the Holy Spirit, because you can't do any of today's message without the Holy Spirit. Everybody say amen to that. You can't do it on your own. With the strength of the Holy Spirit, others will become confident themselves in the Lord. My confidence is contagious. My lack of confidence is also contagious. Listen, if you're in a season of struggle right now, I need you to remember something. They call it a season for a reason. Boy, that, that rhymed. They call it a season for a reason. It eventually ends. Okay? It does go from winter to spring. Okay? Those of you that hate winter, Tiffany and I embrace it. We like it. We think it's beautiful. And all of you yell at her, and she's just like, hey, I'm just bragging about God's creation, and you guys are putting me down. Right, Tiffany? Tell them. All right. You're more spiritual than they are, so. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing, now watch this, that I am put here for. Maybe there's a reason for your season of struggle. Perhaps to build your faith a little, huh? Come on. Right? Embrace it. I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what 
Does it matter? I think sometimes some of us need to learn that statement right there. What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, in every circumstance of life, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Now watch this now. It must be important because he repeats it. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. In other words, Paul says, even if it gets worse, I will never stop worshiping my God, Jehovah Jireh. Or all the other attributes of God. Whatever you need for that moment. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ. What has happened to me. Everybody say what has happened to me. Will turn out for my deliverance. Mm -hmm. Right? God's up to two things here. He wants others to see the Lord through you. And he wants you to be delivered. Verse 20 is amazing. Oh folks we need to grasp this. You ready, folks that are homeless? I eagerly expect and hope to have a home someday. <laughs> Amen, Alan and Carmi and all you. Don't be jealous of Kaylee and Josh because they're signing papers. Don't be jealous. Don't be envious. You're on your own path. It may take a little bit longer because the Lord's working something out in you. I eagerly expect and hope in other words, we can't stop, folks. We cannot stop eagerly expecting and hoping ever. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted. That's our goal. Not that we be exalted, that he be exalted in our bodies, whether by life or even by death. Now here it is, verse 21. For me... For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, I actually found verse 22. I wasn't going to read it, but I read on. I always read before and after um, to get context. And then I read verse 22, and I thought, well, this kind of goes better even with the sermon. So we're going to use this as our transitional verse. But we're going to talk about 21 for a minute. 22 says, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Everyone say fruitful labor. Yes. So what Paul is saying here in a nutshell, do you want to know what he's saying in a nutshell? In your notes. First thing that I want you to fill out if you're following along in your notes. Jesus is the only one who can give us lasting purpose. Jesus is the only one that can give us lasting purpose and lasting meaning and lasting hope for our lives. To know Christ is the only lasting eternal goal. To know him. That's our goal, right? I believe that some of us think that we lost our purpose when our bunny blew up. A girlfriend or a boyfriend broke up with us. A spouse left us. A friend deleted us from Facebook. Oh, my word. I can't deal with that. And now we're actually suicidal. We don't even want to live anymore. We got fired and let go from a job. We lost a loved one to cancer or a sudden accident. And now we don't believe in God anymore. Can I tell you what really happened? Can I tell you what really happened? Are you okay if I just be honest with you this morning? You were chasing the wrong rabbit. 
If that thing made you want to die and not live anymore, you were chasing the wrong rabbit. Now, almost all of us are guilty of this at some point in our lives. We allow the enemy to get us on the wrong bunny trail. I'm guilty of that. You're probably guilty of that at some point. Let me ask you something before we go on. Why, were, why do greyhounds, why do you think greyhound dogs are chasing that rabbit? I can't hear you. You've got to say it loud. They want to eat it. <laughs> They're hungry. They're, they also are trained. All of you were right with your answer. I just came up with they want to eat it because I want to talk about hunger. So that's the way I spun it. Okay. <laughs> you were all right, but I mean, it's like you're all sitting there going, I was wrong. I'm never going to say anything out loud ever again. He just embarrassed me. Not at Light and Life. There's no embarrassment here. No shame. That's of the enemy, right? You were all right. I just wanted to say they wanted to eat it. Okay. Why would they want to eat that piece of fur? I don't know, but that's just what they're trained to do, okay? They were created by God that way, by the way. God made them fast and agile for a reason, to hunt fast prey. They are hungry for wabbit. You knew I was going to say it. Do you remember from last week we talked about the four solutions to not give in to sameness? Boredom. Remember the children of Israel got bored with manna from heaven? So the third solution that we talked about was this. And I, we didn't take notes last week unless you did them yourself. Um, it's coming, I promise you. What are you hungry for more of was the fourth solution. What are you hungry for more of? So this time I want you to fill it into your notes. I said last week that God responds to hunger. He does. Our part is to hunger for the right things like the fruit, fruits of the Spirit. Remember I said that? Well, I contend, and I'm telling you, this must be my new word for the month. You know how you get on a word and you like say it for a month and then somebody says another word? Well, I'm kind of stuck on contend. I contend, I contended last week that the children of Israel's real problem was sameness, boredom. And now this week I want to contend something else. That means, to contend something means it's to state a belief as a position or an argument which means it's just my opinion. So that means you can argue with me after church. And I'll just look at you, and in my heart I'll go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing Alan to our church, Lord. I contend this week this. The rabbits that you are to pursue and hunger for in this life are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the rabbits you are to hunger for and pursue. Some of the religious and Christian folk listening to this are like, no, 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 it's not. You're supposed to pursue Christ. Didn't you listen to what you just read? To live is Christ. I contend that they are the same. If I'm pursuing Christ, if I'm pursuing what and who he is, right? If we are to know Christ, if we are to be like Christ, if we're to live like Christ, we have to take on, we have to walk in, we have, the Bible says, keep in step with the Spirit. And I'm saying we have to bear the fruit of the Spirit. 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now let me ask you, did Jesus bear the fruits of the Spirit? Oh, mama. Thank you, Jesus, for the perfect example. 
Galatians 5.25, which we're going to get to in a minute, says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I want you to think about the dogs running. What are they keeping in step with? What are you keeping in step with? What is their purpose? What is your purpose? What did Paul say again in Philippians 1.22? If I go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So, yes, you can look at that as saying everything I work for, I just want to bring people to the Lord. But I'm kind of, you know, that's one thing I can do because I have the pulpit. I'm just kind of making you maybe think about that verse in a little bit of way. Maybe we're supposed to labor for fruit. Same thing, really. Just a little different perspective. Did I go too far? Am I going to get fired? You can't fire me anyway, so. (laughs) But they can. (laughs) This is how I received that passage in the light of my intentions this morning. The Lord's intentions, I believe, what he gave me is my hope, my dream, my passion, my purpose, my goal, my rabbit that I'm chasing is that everything I work for and do for God in this life will produce the fruits of the Spirit. Why? In your notes. So that, as Paul said earlier, so that, huge words in the Word of God, so that I will be delivered and so that others will become confident in the Lord. That's why. That's why this needs to be our rabbit, the the fruits of the Spirit. Do you know, in Paul's life, he always struggled with wanting to be in this life and wanting to go to the next life. Over and over and over, he was, like, was kind of like saying, Lord, why are you, please take me now. He always struggled with it. And I think what he's saying is this, and I want you to listen, close, listen closely to this, because I think some of you could you really use this right now in your season. I think he's saying, if I have to stay in this life, which I really don't want to, but if I have to, I want to be a blessing to others while I'm here. Instead of being miserable and depressed and fleshly and lost and wandering and confused and puzzled. Think about those dogs when that rabbit blew up. Doubting and chasing at my tail and chasing after all the wrong rabbits. I want to show others what Jesus walked in. So I hope you know that it would be a great advantage to us if we were to depart this life and go home to be with Jesus, it would be a great advantage to us. But what advantage is that for others who are still here? I hope you're a blessing for planet Earth. Are you? Are you a blessing for those around you? Your coworkers, your boss, your family, your drunk uncle who really bothers you at family reunions. Are you a blessing to him? Our presence on this earth is supposed to be a blessing, a fruitful blessing for others. That's your purpose. To produce for others a sweet and juicy, tasty, delicious, satisfying hunger for Jesus. You produce that. So one of our goals as a church, I told you that God's going to birth five goals and he hasn't birthed the fifth one yet. I know it's about our community. He just has not given me the words, so I'm not going to rush into it and just write something down. I'm waiting for him to speak it, either through me or from one of you. But one of our goals is to have the fragrance of Christ. It's scriptural. I believe wherever you go, just walking into the room, people should feel the fruits of the Spirit coming from you. And you haven't even spoken a word. I believe you can walk into a room and the whole room could be healed from something. That's the kind of Christians Light and Life is trying to produce. 
And you're going to need today's message to do that. So some of you may be asking, what are the fruits of the Spirit? We have a lot of new believers, and so maybe they don't know what they are. So I want to read ahead of them. I want to go ahead of them so that you see more of Paul's heart. We're going to Galatians 5. You can start turning there now. Galatians 5. I forgot to write the page number in the, in the Black Bibles. I want to read ahead of them so that you see Paul's heart here and what he is contending for. This is what Katie and Angel presented to us a couple of weeks ago on Wednesday night. Galatians 5, beginning with verse 13. Are you ready? We're just going to break this down. Have lots of fun. We're not in a hurry. We don't care what's going on this afternoon. Right? Alan and Carmi, we're taking you out to eat, so you don't even have to worry about lunch. So just relax. Okay? The rest of you, take someone else out to eat. Make some connections. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Do not just chase any old rabbit that you want or just the rabbit that's placed in front of you. Isn't it interesting that people come into our lives and we say, God sent them to me. And I'm like, okay, then why are you sleeping with them? You think God sent them to you to sin? What? So we don't just chase any rabbit that's being dangled in front of us, right? Do you agree with that? Say amen if you agree. Okay. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Choose the right rabbit to pursue. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, I say there's a solution. Walk by the Spirit. Run after the right rabbit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen, if I'm busy running after the fruits of the Spirit, and some girl steps by, and I go, yeah, okay, I, 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 yeah, I got to go this way. Okay? I'm running after God. So if you're not going to run after God with me, then we can't be a thing. So many Christians are being taken out of the faith and out of the church because of some person. But they love me. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. We all know this battle, right, if you're a believer. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Do not take your purpose, do not make your purpose a fleshly, selfish, earthly purpose. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts, I love this next line when I came across it, the acts of the flesh are so obvious. You know how I took that in light of the way I'm spiritually spinning greyhounds? Okay? Alan's going to be really impressed. I, can, I told him I spiritualized Dallas Cowboys. Remember that whole football thing? I told him yesterday. I, I told him I kind of go too far sometimes. The acts of the flesh are obvious. You know how I read that? If it looks like a rabbit, and it hops like a rabbit, and it has ears like a rabbit... Fake rabbits should be obvious, like Christians' sexual immorality. It is not okay to have sex outside of marriage. It is not. I'll say that, even if I get arrested for it someday. Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord. That's why forgiveness is so important. 
jealousy. That's why we don't get jealous that Kaylee and Josh may be signing their house this week, okay? Or are going to sign it. Sorry, Josh. He's always correcting my negative. Fits of rage. How many of you are still struggling with fits of rage? Even in your car when no one's looking and God's with you. Jesus, take the wheel. I can't believe you just did that! This is me. There's something the Lord's working on me. I'm really good when there's other Christians in the car, but when I'm by myself, oh, my, where did that come from? I need inner healing again. I, Dr. Shelley, I need the chair. I hope she's not listening, because she real put me in the chair. <laughs> Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, Christians. We are not to get drunk, ever. Orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't write it. I'm not God, thank God. Some of the rabbits that you are chasing right now, this is what I get, are not real. They are fake, they're false, they're mechanical lies of the enemy that leads to confusion and depression and shame and guilt and eventually, the Bible says here, destruction. But, I love buts in the Bible. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, I'm sorry. That did not sound right. I like big butts in the word of God. If you don't, then you're a fraud. See, I could make a song out of it. I could, I could make a song out of it, I'm telling you. Almost every, everything rhymes in my mind for some reason. I don't know. Have you noticed? We sang two songs this morning that people in our church wrote. Have you noticed that Dusty hasn't asked me to write a song? This is why. Okay. Here's your list. Here's your purpose. Verse 22, your rabbits that you are to chase after. Are you ready? God made it easy. I mean, it's not really easy to conquer this list. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he made it easy because he told us exactly what to pursue. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Remember I say love is always the most important. I, I wonder if that's why it's at the beginning. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And I think there's a reason that self-control is at the end. Self-control. Have you ever heard of a honey to-do list? Or a bucket list? Have you ever heard of those things? Well, I made, a, made this into a finding my purpose to-do list. I really couldn't come up with a better word, okay? I was so big on the butt thing that I just couldn't come up with a purpose. So, I have printed them out. Jerry's going to hand them out over here, and we've just got some people. We're going to hand them out to you really quick. We're going to give you a to-do list. Leanne's going to hand them over there, and Angel's going to do this side. I gave you something that you can check off, and it should look like this on the screen. This is what we're handing out right now. Finding my purpose to-do list. There's your goal, and we want you to do a personal evaluation. Now, here's the thing. As they're handing them out, don't, don't lose me here. We're not, you don't have to fill these out right now, okay? You don't have to have them done. We're not going to hand them in. This is just between you and God. I just want to give you a visual of something that you can post at home at, in your mirror, in your car, keep it in your Bible so every once in a while you accidentally come across it and you'll say, how am I doing with my purpose in this life, in these areas? I don't want you to ever lose your purpose again. Is there? Now this may seem silly to you. We've been laughing a lot this morning, but I want you to hear me on this. Running after this list, running after these rabbits will change your life forever. And I think it's good to do an evaluation of our hearts every once in a while. How else will we know what we need to work on, right? To become more efficient fruit bearers. To become more efficient fruit bearers for the kingdom of God. 
I hope you want to be a good kingdom builder and not just a mediocre one. I want to be better, so I'm really taking this sermon seriously for myself. I'm going to post this by my computer where I see it every time I sit down at my computer. Let's quickly go over the list. I'm going to help you a little with a couple of them on how to fill out the evaluation part. Once again, you don't have to fill them out now. I just want you to have a visual. You could do a sermon on each one of these, but for today, we're just going to touch on them quickly. Maybe I'll do a series on it starting next week. I don't really know. Maybe Alan's preaching next week. I don't know. I might call him Saturday night and go, hey, you're on. Ready? First one. Love. Love. Okay, ask yourself, how am I in the love department? Am I first able to love God in a healthy way? Or is there something hindering that? Ask yourself, am I able to love myself in a healthy way? And if not, why? And then one really important one, because it's really the reason why we're here, am I able to love others the way that Christ did? My spouse, my parents, my children, my boss and co-workers, my neighbor. Or do I seem to be filled with hate all the time? And I'm not sure where it's coming from. Maybe your personal evaluation would look like this, just to give you some kind of clue. I'm getting better. Had to learn the hard way from my divorce. Maybe that's what it would look like. Real love is not just an emotion. It's not just a Hallmark movie. Every chance I get to slam Hallmark, I will. But. Real love is not just finding the right person. And guess what? Real love is not sex. In your notes. Real love is giving another person what they need the most when they deserve it the least. Come on. Come on. Is that true right there? Wow. And our flesh does not want to do this. But the spirit does. That's why we have to keep in step with the Spirit. It's just a choice. You hear Amy preached on it one time about love being a choice, I believe, at some part. It's not about if something changes. If they change, I'll love them. Just choose to do it, and you'll see. You'll begin to see God at work, and he's going to work in you. And I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. But here's the reality. Real love requires supernatural power. You cannot do this on your own. God designed it so that we would say, God, I need your help in loving Jared. I really do. Help me. Your mom amen that. <laughs> the point is this. Real love is hard work. Second one, joy. Ask yourself, have I allowed the enemy to rob me of my joy? And you need to know something that joy and happiness are different. Okay, in your notes, joy is more consistent and is cultivated inside of you internally. It comes when you make peace with God and you make peace with who you are and why you are and how you are. Happiness, however, tends to be externally triggered. It's so amazing that so many of us are chasing happiness. And happiness is based on people. People are going to let you down. That's why that cannot be your rabbit. It's based on things and places and even thoughts and events in your life. This is the rabbit that many of us fall for, the pursuit of happiness. We think that this is heaven and we should be happy now. 
The Lord wants to give you something completely different, something that's way deeper, way deeper, way more meaningful. Rick Warren added his own definition of joy when he said this, and I just thought this kind of explained my heart. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything's going to be all right. Thank you, Amy, for teaching me that. And the determined choice to praise God, praise God in every situation. Isn't that a great definition? So maybe your personal evaluation would look something like this when it comes to joy. Still angry a lot, not sure why, I'll seek inner healing. Maybe. Listen, when you're chasing after this list, when you're working on having hardcore joy instead of shallow happiness, if you make this list your purpose in life, it's not going to matter what happens to you. You will be grounded in your purpose. What do I mean by that? We aren't in control of anything anyway. We think we are, but the truth is we are not. So why is it then? Why is it then when a girlfriend, boyfriend, or even a spouse breaks off the relationship or we lose our job or the church offends us? We lose it mentally and emotionally. We are a wreck, and sometimes we even want to die. Hear me out. All of those things are very difficult to experience. I get that. But think about how drastic we are getting when something in our life goes wrong. I believe in my heart of hearts that one reason that we fall apart in this life when it gets a little difficult is because we were chasing the wrong rabbit. And that thing that we were hungering for blew up in our face. We weren't chasing after the joy of the Lord. We were chasing after happiness. And it ended. And we were surprised. We weren't chasing after the fruits of the Spirit, which, by the way, are eternal. We were chasing after the desires of the flesh, which are temporary, which means they're fake mechanical and they will blow up at some point are you getting this this is good isn't it paul's so good he's my favorite one of the bible i'm sorry to have a favorite but i do peace 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 ask yourself in your notes am i in harmony with god and others or am i at odds with god and others do you know what you know what peace really is it's trust if you don't have peace you have a trust issue do I really trust God to be who he says he is for me? Ask yourself, am I riddled with fear? Are you riddled with fear and worry and anxiety? Maybe your personal evaluation for this one will look like this. Pretty good at this one. I did that wrong, so I put it up early. Pretty good at this one. I don't worry too much. Thank you, Jesus. I don't struggle with worry and fear. For the most part, I have peace. So peace and joy, just so you know, are two ingredients of the kingdom of God. Peace is what will keep your hearts and minds stable when your rabbit blows up. Did you know that believers are supposed to be unshakable, unshakable in this life? It doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle, but we're not supposed to lose our faith or lose our mind over it, right? So you know when you can check this box, when all the other dogs around you are running into the walls in a panic. And you are calm, and you are trusting God, and you're still running hard to finish the race that's been set before you. That's how you know you can check this. Love, joy, and peace, they all go together. Don't ever separate them. When things don't pan out the way you want them, 
Hold on to your trust for God. Hold on to your joy. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. That's how he gets in. And don't ever lose your love for God. Don't let go of this list. This next one is patience, or what we call long-suffering, which I like that better. <laughs> I love the word long-suffering. I, I, it's beautiful to me to know that, that God's never going to give up on me. It doesn't matter how much he's up there going, oh, my word, Mark, again, again, but I love you, and I am never going to give up on you. But really, this is what patience is when you're sitting in the car and you're waiting for your spouse to get done with her doctor appointment and you have something to do and there's a football game on and you're just sitting there and it's kind of a long suffering time, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even have to wear a Cowboys jersey and I get it. Yes, Bear, he did. I was hoping to put the parsonage aside for a couple minutes. That's not how you love, by the way, okay? So we, we started with love. I was hoping it would sink in, but he's a work in progress. He'll get it. He'll get it. He'll get it. Lord, help him get it. I'm not. I'm not. I won't. Long-suffering. Isn't that interesting? This is a hard one, isn't it? Isn't patience a hard one? So maybe your personal evaluation would look like this. Help me, Jesus! I'm terrible at this. I want to give you the dictionary's definition of it and see if it's similar to God's word. Here's the dictionary definition. It's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Sounds very familiar to the word of God when you read Romans 12 too, where it says, be patient in trouble or tribulation. Ephesians 4 2 says, be patient with each other. Making allowance. Making allowance for each other's faults. Do you know what that tells me? That I have to forgive Tiffany before she offends me. I have to decide ahead of time that I'm going to be unoffendable. She will offend me, but I'm going to forgive her. I have to make an allowance. I have to, write it. I have to set it in my heart that no matter what my wife does to me, divorce is not an option. And I will forgive her. Okay? James gets even more radical when he amps up what patience means when it comes to our trials. I don't really like his words here, and you're probably not either. But in James 1, 2 through 4, he says... Oh no, ramp it up. Count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of troubles and trials. Don't lose your joy because you're going through a, a season of struggle. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Patience and perseverance. Right, this is where I want to introduce that word. But let patience or perseverance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. Boy, when I read that, I thought, boy, boy, patience is really important if that's what, what he's saying. If he's saying, he, what I hear him saying is, patience will make me perfect in the Lord's eyes. Patience will make me complete. Patience will cause me to never lack anything in my life. Wow. I want you to think about how we rush into sin, rush into decisions. 
Rush, rush, rush. We have no patience for anything. We don't wait for God anymore to move. Now, when you're Carmi and Allen or Ernie Lynette and Kaylee and Josh, you're kind of stuck in somebody else's house. You really don't have a choice. It's a little bit easier, but you can still struggle with patience. He tells us that patience is really perseverance, which means, you know what perseverance means? Determination. You know what it also means? Staying power. You know what it also means? And you hate this word, commitment. Dedication. Want to know why so many Christians are chasing the wrong rabbit? They lack patience. They, they lack commitment, staying power. They rush into things. Oh, and by the way, uh, Zach doesn't have any shoes on or Amy, but you better wear your steel toe boots for this next one. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Jesus. You can't learn patience without annoying people in your life. Alan and Carmi will find this out very quickly. <laughs> if you think that isolating yourself is going to help you grow in Christ, it eh, doesn't work that way. So this is the way James, I believe James, what James is saying to us in your notes. James is not referring to the ability to just bear things. He doesn't want you to just bear things, but the ability to turn trials, suffering, and frustrations into positive growth opportunities. Wow. Positive growth opportunities. Any chance to be a true witness for the glory of God. We are not created to survive, folks. We're created to thrive. Amen? And the list goes on to more fruit. We're not going to spend a lot of time. Wow, it's 11.30 already. Holy cow. Wow. That's all right. We're not looking at the clock. Sorry I, sorry I even mentioned it. Each one of these are a sermon for itself, but we're just going to go through them really quickly. I already planned that. So, ready? Kindness. Romans 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. That means don't just be kind when you want to or you feel like it. It means wear this garment all the time for all people. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. Showing kindness today is a challenge in a day where it seems like there's so much anger and hatred and harshness and rudeness, isn't it? It's really hard. But who else but us? Followers of Christ to chase this rabbit because this is what I do know about kindness. It's contagious. Can you imagine not only being kind in our actions, but being kind in your thoughts? Can you imagine that? Make that your goal. Excuse me. Goodness. In your notes. Do you realize about goodness that we get to reflect God's goodness in the ways we interact with the world and everyone in it? We get to reflect the goodness of God. That's an honor. True goodness means that we are living our life for Christ because we want to thank him for all that he's done and bless those around us. We spread his goodness. The next one, faithfulness. The word I use for faithfulness is consistency. So listen in your notes. The world, the world, your family and friends, your coworkers, your neighbor, they need to see someone that lives with consistency, especially in your faith to God. 
I love how Todd White speaks on this. He says that the Christian life is not supposed to look like a roller coaster. It's not. It's constantly up and down. It's not what your life is supposed to look like as a believer and follower of Christ. But instead, a gradual growth upwards in maturity. It doesn't mean you're not going to have some hard times, but you're not going to let it take you out of the race. You're not going to start chasing your tail or chasing a different rabbit or just sitting down and quitting. It's a gradual growth. I love the way he speaks on this. Even when your bunny blows up, we just lean in more to God, right? Now let me speak to you as a pastor about faithfulness. The church needs Christians who are more faithful in their time, talents, and giving. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah, that's the truth, right? The church needs it too. The next one is gentleness. Two more, hang in there. This is such a good word. I really think I want to do a sermon on this because I, I can't comprehend this word, honestly. This is massive, and you know what? We don't talk about this word very often. I don't think we think about it enough, and we don't preach about it enough. But it's obviously closely related to kindness, and it also, gentleness means meekness, right? It means meekness. Not weakness, meekness. You see how if we lose any of the first three fruits, if we lose love, joy, and peace, if we lose any three of those, the rest of them are almost impossible to do. How can I be gentle if I have no love? How can I be gentle if I have no joy, no peace? Right? God says in Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be evident to everyone. Now, let me, let me address this. Well, first let me talk about the opposite in your notes. The opposite of gentleness obviously is anger. But did you know it's also a desire for revenge? If we are to be gentle, we are to be quick to forgive. We will correct others with love and encouragement, but also a firm, clear connection, correction about the holiness of God that he calls us to. So that's the next thing I want to say. Gentleness doesn't mean being soft all the time. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. If we're always soft, how is the sinner going to know what sin is? Oh, don't worry about it. Everybody does it. I think even my pastor does. We don't let people continue in sin without speaking the truth, right? So this is what you do. You bathe any confrontation. You bathe any correction in prayer and fasting and love and truth. Last one, your favorite one, self-control. I wish I had a song for this one. Self-discipline, self-control. It refers to our ability to control or restrain ourselves from all kinds of feelings and impulses and desires, which includes the desire for physical and material comfort, like a home. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. 2 Corinthians 7.1, Paul calls us to purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And that is hard to do in a world where we are constantly pulled by worldly desires, right? But without self-discipline, our, without self-discipline, our appetites and comforts for pleasure can easily become our master and lead us into sin. It can. In your notes. If the spiritual does not control and rule the physical, we can become easy targets for Satan. Listen, that sounds like such a cliche statement, especially for people that have been in the church for a long time. Can we just stare at that for a minute? This is so true. We have to win the war between the spirit and the flesh. If the spirit does not control the rule, 
or rule the physical, we become easy targets for Satan due to our lack of self-control. It's also important to understand, and I want to wrap this up by saying, self-control is a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of the individual. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. It's not your work, it's His. Lean in on Him. So remember, this is a list of the fruit of the Spirit, not a list of the fruit of the Christian. It doesn't happen automatically. We have to run hard after the spirit rabbit. So you take this list. When you feel like you have to the best of your ability and with the Holy Spirit's power in these areas, check them off your list. We laugh or we think, no way am I ever going to be able to fulfill this list. But isn't this what we're supposed to be striving for as followers of Jesus? Isn't this our purpose in life, to know him, to become like him, holy? And by the way, it's step by step. It's day by day. This doesn't happen overnight. I want to I close with two very powerful statements that God spoke to me on Wednesday night. And once again, they're kind of rhymy, but that's just the way, God, the way I fil filter what God speaks to me. These are very powerful. I, I, almost, I actually had to Google it to find out if I stole it from somebody. Um, but I know now they were straight from God. It'll come. I believe. I trust God. I have peace. They didn't become heroes of the faith without going through the zeros of life. Amen. Everyone in the Bible except Jesus was normal like you. They didn't become heroes of the faith without going through the zeros of life. Wow. That's powerful. Read David's story if you don't believe me. How about Job? Didn't receive his second portion until he had to lose his first one. Daniel had to go through a lion's den. Joseph had to be sold into slavery by his family. Even Jesus had to go through the cross. Also, second statement I want to leave you with. Stop looking at your life as a hindrance to your temporary story and see everything in your life as an assistance to your eternal glory. Wow. Can we learn to embrace seasons of struggle? Look at them as an assistance to my eternal glory instead of a hindrance to my temporary happiness. Right? Well, I hope the message has been a blessing. I hope that if you came here today without a purpose in your life, I hope that you found it in the Word of God. Now listen, I understand that this is easier said than done, but don't let the enemy lie to you and take you out of the race. Some of us have a lot of hard work ahead of us in some of these areas. But at least we have a starting point, right? At least we have a direction now. At least now you know what rabbit you're to chase. I, I really believe that some of us just needed to be refocused this morning, including myself. But some of us really need to be refocused because we've been fighting strong depression. And I believe it's because one of your rabbits blew up. Something in life didn't pan out the way you expected it to. I just, God wants you to know this morning, will you just take a deep breath? Everybody just close your eyes. Just take a deep breath. Can you just realize this morning that disappointments and trials and struggles are a part of this life? It didn't happen because you're a bad person. Can you hear that from the Lord this morning instead of believing the lies in your mind from the enemy? It didn't happen because you're a bad person or because God doesn't love you. He does. He was actually with you the whole time. Open your eyes. Receive that from the Spirit this morning. When you run after false, fake, 
mechanical rabbits of the world. They're not going to last very long. They're going to blow up, don't they? Those of you that have learned this, isn't it interesting that in our life, we had people tell us that we were chasing a fake rabbit and we didn't listen to them. Teenagers, listen to me. Teenagers and young adults, your parents love you. They don't hate you and they don't want to ruin your life because they're saying no to something. You know why they're saying no? Because they chased that rabbit some point in their life and they know it's going to blow up on you. And kids, relax, because I know you see your parents chasing rabbits, too, that are fake. You do. And we're adults. We just chase bigger, more attractive rabbits. Ouch. Let's stand. You don't have to participate in this last part. But I really believe the Lord just needed us to close our eyes and place our hand on our hearts. And we're just going to get rid of this right now. We're going to be refocused. We're going to find purpose this morning. This is not the only way that you find purpose in the word of God. This is just one way that I believe God was speaking for today. So I just want you, if you want to, you don't have to, just say this prayer after me. And I'm going to say it with you. Everybody repeat after me out loud. Jesus, Jesus. forgive me for chasing the wrong rabbit. Forgive me for chasing after worldly desires. Heal my heart from the pain of that decision. And give me the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to run after you and pursue the fruits of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for refocusing me and giving me a new purpose for my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week.